And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And my title might be a bit strange, but it's nine words. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. If you could bow your hearts with me. Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that you have accepted our worship. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you fill this atmosphere, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit have liberty to touch us, to move us. Hallelujah, to bring deliverance, to answer prayers, to lift up, to edify, to dispel doubt and fear, Lord God. Oh Lord, as we call out to you by faith, Lord, remember us when you come into your kingdom. Lord, we thank you for you are great, you are awesome, you are worthy, you are the Prince of Peace, hallelujah, the wonderful, the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. We give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name. Let's say a praise to God right now. Come on, let's lift up his voice, our voice to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor, shake their hand and say, I'm glad you're here. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God's mercy and grace is so awesome. Even in the Old Testament, we see so many times when someone reached out to God directly and they were able to obtain mercy and grace. They were able to obtain favor. They were able to obtain redemption. You know, Several times in Scripture, in fact, three times in Scripture, starting in the Old Testament, in the book of Hosea, chapter 6 and verse 6, God says this, he says, For I desired mercy and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. And then in Matthew, chapter 9 and verse 13, He tells the Pharisees the same thing. He says, but go ye and learn. That's knowledge. What that meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Then in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 7, he repeats it again. But if he had known, if you had had knowledge what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. He would have not, he would have, would not have condemned the guiltless, guiltless. You know, the good news is it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from. You can receive salvation. You can be saved. You can be delivered. You can be healed. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter where you came from. In that respect, we're all made equal. We all have a God who loves you, who came to earth to deliver you. The good news of the Bible is we can be saved. Two things, through believing and obeying. Believing and obeying. In other words, you have to leave Ur of the Chaldees. You have to start the journey. You have to take one foot, one step, and say, I'm bidding that life goodbye. I have a new destination. I have a new calling. I have a new direction. If you do that, God is merciful 
He is a God of favor. He's a God of grace. Amen. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 10, he says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. I can tell you this, God has never let me be ashamed. Amen. When no one else could do it, he came through. When it looked like it was all over, God came through. He is my deliverer. He is my salvation. He is my king. Hallelujah. He is my healer. I'm going to say something now. I don't get sick much. (laughs) I'm not saying I've never been sick, but I don't get sick much. I think God knows that I can't afford to be sick. He just doesn't let me get sick. Amen. You know why? That's what I believe. And so I'm declaring that. Amen. I'm declaring that. For the scriptures say, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. He has never let me be ashamed. If it was on me, I'd be in trouble. But he's always come through. He's always delivered. He's always blessed. He's always been my God and my salvation. Amen. You see, it starts with confession. We have to acknowledge that we are sinners. I noticed Sister, Sister Johnny in her testimony this morning. She said, you know, she knew, knows how she is. Similarly, I know how I am. I know that I am no good. And in me dwelleth no good thing. In me there is no great anything. I am nothing without him. David said, my sin is ever before me. The key to blessing with God, the key to deliverance with God is first acknowledging who we are, where we are, what we need. And that's deliverance. That's salvation. In Psalms 51 and verse 3, in his great prayer, David said this, For I acknowledge, I confess, I own up my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. You see, we have to acknowledge that we need a Savior. Many of us think we don't need nothing. I got this. It's all figured out. Well, I'm telling you, I don't got this. I need my Savior. I need a deliverer. I need someone who is going to lift me up, take me through. You know, maybe our problem is we don't do enough confessing. (laughs) You know, we don't do enough confessing. You know, what we do is a lot of asking. Lord, I want this. Give me that. But maybe we should do some confessing. Lord, forgive me, for I have sinned. Amen. Instead of asking for stuff, we should be asking for mercy and grace. We should be asking for deliverance. You know, we don't know too much about those two thieves on the cross. You know, we don't know too much. There's a few things we do know. And one of the things we know is that they were guilty. All the way back in the Old Testament, God set this symbol up. In the book of Isaiah chapter 53, starting at verse 12, God planned it. It says there, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. Speaking of Jesus' crucifixion. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. They took his robe, the seamless gown that was quite expensive. And the soldiers gambled for it. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And then here comes the, the prophecy. He was numbered with the transgressors. See, there was more than Jesus crucified that day. There were two thieves, one on each side. 
that were crucified with him. The Bible predicted hundreds of years that this was going to happen, for he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressions. It's amazing that God planned this situation, that he wouldn't be crucified alone, but there would be two thieves that were going to be crucified with him. That he would be counted along with the lawbreakers. He who knew no sin was going to be crucified with two thieves. And here's the interesting thing. One would believe and one would not. They were both on their own cross. You know what that tells me? You can still believe even when you're being crucified. Did you get that? They were both on a cross. One believed, one trusted, and one did not. Most of us are going through some things, right? If I was to ask for a show of hands, who's going through some things? Who's going through some things? What I want to tell you today, you still have nine words that you can say. You can say, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. It's amazing, really, that one would believe and one would not. It's really a symbol for us today that the cross, because you're going through some things, will not be an excuse. The thief on the cross was saying, I was being killed just like Jesus was. In fact, Jesus understood what he was going through. Most of us, we look at people and say, you don't understand. You don't have an understanding. You don't even have a little bit of understanding what I'm going through. But Jesus could tell that thief, I'm going there with you. I'm going through it with you. You see, coming to church, coming to church and not believing won't help you. Being on the cross and not believing won't help you. There was one who believed. One who at the end said nine words. That's all it took. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. You know, we know they were all guilty. We know that it wasn't a case of mistaken identity because in fact, that thief confessed. Remember what I said? We have to acknowledge our sins. In verse 41 of that same scripture, he said, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man, This man, turn to your neighbor and say, this man hath done nothing amiss. The Bible in Isaiah told us that he was going to die for our sins. That the Lord put the iniquity upon all all our sins upon him. But we know that they were guilty. They were dying justly. Even though the other guy was complaining and was mocking and joining the crowd. Even though he was on the cross. He did not come to a place of faith or belief. You see, who knows if both of them committed these crimes together. That's the implication because he told the other one, we did it. They both had the same opportunity to speak to Jesus. One was as close as here, the other one was this side. They were both going to the cross. They were both the closest people to the Savior in death. Yet one failed the test and one was able to find mercy. They were both suffering. I'm not saying you're not suffering. But your cross will not be an excuse because he did it too. One saw the truth and came to faith. The other joined the crowd in mocking and saying, why don't you come off the cross? We don't know their life story. We don't know where they came from. But we could imagine that they came from some poor part of Jerusalem. Maybe they never had anything good. Maybe that was their whole life. Maybe they had 
been through a whole life of crime. Maybe they had had a single parent. Maybe they were poor. Maybe they had to steal for food. We don't know what their story was. But what we do know, that on his dying death, on his last breath, he was able to say, remember me. Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. It's likely that their backgrounds weren't that good. Maybe they grew up in gangs in Jerusalem. But God had foreseen it that they would have a chance right at the last breath to be crucified next to the Savior of the world. In Matthew 9, 13, I read it before. He told the Pharisees, you need to go learn something. You need to get some knowledge. You need to get some understanding that I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous but sinners to repent. I'm glad he came to call sinners because just like Paul, I can say, I'm the chiefest of sinners. I might look good now, but you don't know nothing about me. (laughs) But God is rich and full in mercy and grace that even this man who was being executed for, for stealing and maybe many other crimes at the last moment could say nine words. That's all it took. It wasn't no long prayer. It was nine words. Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. What was the key to his deliverance? Well, the first thing is we see he had reverence for God. He told the other thief, don't you fear God? He acknowledged something. He said, don't you fear God? You better be quiet. Don't you understand who this man is? There was something that had happened during their crucifixion that made him start to believe that even though this man was on a cross, there was something special. He told the other thief, you better shut up. Don't you fear God? He, you have to have a reverence and a belief and a knowledge that God loves you, that he is real, that he can deliver, that he can help, that he is a savior. The first thing he said is, don't you fear God? So we have to have a consciousness of God. There's people who come to church all the time, but they have no relationship. They have no consciousness of God. There's no, there's no connection there. They go through the motions, but to, to them, God is just a, a song. God is just a word. It's not anything real that has impacted them. They've not let it reach them and build faith. But this thief, whatever happened, whatever he saw, when Jesus was speaking to John and Mary at the cross, whatever happened as he was being nailed, whatever the story was, maybe he saw him walk in a, a few days before on the donkey and something made faith come alive. And he was able to say a few words. He had a reverence for God. Step two, he calls out and declares who Jesus is. His first words were, Lord, Adonai. You know what that is? In Hebrew, instead of saying God, they don't like saying the name of God, so they say Lord. He acknowledged who Jesus was. He said Lord. He could have just said Yeshua or something else. He could have just said, uh, you know, you're a thief too. You're a murderer too. But he said, he called him Lord. He called him Lord. That's another title we could have called this. He called him Lord. What do you call him? Do you call him deliverer? Do you call him savior? Is he real to you? Is he your husband? Is he your spouse? Is he closer than a brother? Is he your comforter? Until you have that relationship, until you have that relationship, you're not going to understand. So the first thing, the second thing he did, he called him Lord. He said, Adonai. He acknowledged who he was. 
Hebrews 11.6 says, For without faith it is impossible. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please. You first have to believe that he is. And that the Bible says he is a rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. It's not a knock, knock, and then go away, you know? We have a lot of parcels delivered to our house. And it's very rare I get to the door and they're there. They knock and then they go away. They're in such a hurry. You have to keep knocking and stay till that door is open. It's the diligent seekers. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You don't give up until you get your answer. You keep asking. You keep pressing. You keep praying. You keep searching. Bible says that those that seek shall find. Amen. But without faith it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God. So this man on the cross, although he only said nine words, they were full of faith. They were full of faith. First of all, he calls him Lord. What do you call him? I call him Father. I call him Jesus. I call him Deliverer. I call him Healer. I call him Savior. He acknowledged who he was, that he was his Lord. And then he said, when thou comest into thy kingdom, listen to the words. You know what he's echoing? He's echoing Matthew 6 where Jesus taught them to pray. What does it say? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom. His prayer was full of faith. He acknowledged where Jesus was going. Imagine, he may have never met him. He may have seen him from a distance. But at that moment, deliverance on the cross came to this thief. Nine words, that's all it took. Nine words was his deliverance. He said, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Where did he get that from? Somehow God's mercy and grace extended and faith built in his heart and he realized that Jesus was the Messiah. He understood even at that last moment as he was dying, as he was in pain. I tell you this, pain cannot stop you. Pain should not stop you. If the thief on the cross being crucified could call out nine words, that's all it took. He said, Lord, remember me. Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Psalms 106 and verse 4 says the same thing. He was quoting a verse. Remember me, O Lord, with favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation. The writer of that psalm said almost the same words. Do you understand that God has a book of remembrance? Maybe this this thief was thinking about Malachi, and he was thinking about the scripture in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, then they that feared the Lord, and we know he feared the Lord because he rebuked the other thief. He said, don't you fear God? It says, they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened. God listened. Jesus listened to this one nine-word request. Nine words, that's all it took. The Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written. All the tears you're crying, all the pain you're going through, all the stuff that you're dealing with, if you will fear the Lord. It said, they that feared the Lord. In other words, they that reverenced God, those that recognized His presence, those who are sensitive to His Spirit, spake often one to another. That's what we're doing today. We're speaking one to another. And the Lord heard. God is listening 
right now, even to this little church on the corner of 21st and Island, God's presence and spirit is listening to your worship. He's listening to your thoughts. He's listening what you're asking for. He's here to deliver. He's asking to see, do you fear him? Do you reverence him? Do you call him Lord? Do you know who he is? Because if you do, those nine words can apply to you. Malachi 3.16 says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened. He listened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before him. You know, there are 66 books in the Bible that were written by men. God inspired them, but they wrote it. But there are about three books that were so precious, God didn't leave it up to men to write. He wrote them himself. This book of remembrance was not written by a man. It said God wrote a book of remembrance. All your sacrifices, all the time you pray for people, all the time you you encourage people, all the things you're going through, you're going through a crucifixion. You're on a cross. If you will deny yourself, pick up your own cross and follow me. That's how we know you're his disciple. And you have the right like the thief on the cross for those nine words. There's been times when I've said, Lord, remember me. Remember me. I need you to remember my situation right now. When Israel was in Egypt, the Bible said that the Lord remembered all of their suffering. Cornelius, when he was giving all his charity, the Bible says the Lord remembered the, the giving of Cornelius. God will not forget your labor. The scripture says so. And he said to Jesus, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. God has a book of remembrance. Hallelujah. God will not forget your labor of love. When we cry out in truth and integrity, that's in honesty. When we shed tears of suffering, God is listening and will remember. I tell you this, there's not been a time in my life when I have gone to God with my whole heart that he hasn't answered me. I can't remember any time that he hasn't delivered me. Now there were some things I prayed for that he didn't give me, but that was according to his will. See, the thief understood something through the spirit. That's the only explanation I can. Because he said, when you come into that kingdom, remember me. Nine words of repentance and acknowledgement and confession led to one of the greatest statements of salvation. The one word that Jesus said started off, he said, today, today. That's how quick God can deliver you, even if it meant in death. In response to this statement of faith, the Savior on the cross turned to this thief and said, today, 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 thou shalt shalt thou be with me in paradise. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Today thou shalt be with me. Yes, there's a cross. Yes, there's some suffering. Yes, this old man's got to die. But you know what the end result will be today? Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. There is a statement that will come from the Savior and he will tell us today, when your cross is done, today. When they came to kill Jesus, of course, he was already dead because they had been brutalizing him all night. They had been beating him up and and, and, and torturing him all night. So he was already dead. And when they came, the two thieves were still alive. So the common practice for the Roman soldiers 
was to break their legs. They had to go through some more breaking. They had to go through some more torture. But you know there is coming a resurrection. Whatever your situation you're going through, there is a resurrection day. There is a today. There is a today when it all becomes real. There is a today in our future. There is a day when God will come and burst the clouds asunder and it will be today. I just think it's amazing what Jesus said to him. It was so unexpected. You know, the priest couldn't understand it because to be saved under the law, you had to do all of this ritual. You had to bring all of this stuff. Maybe you had to fast a week. Maybe you had to do all kinds of things. Maybe you had to to walk on your knees or crawl on your knees. Maybe you had to pay off the priest. Maybe you had to find a perfect lamb that cost 20 times what a, a regular lamb would cost. Maybe you had to go and spend a whole week in Jerusalem offering sacrifices. But instead, nine words, nine words led to the, one of the greatest statements of salvation. You understand, he is the only one in the whole Bible who was guaranteed salvation before he actually died. Think about that. Jesus told him, today. There was no condition on him. It wasn't, okay, if you keep praising me while you're on the cross. (laughs) He said, today. There was no condition. Jesus granted him eternal life, a promise of eternal life, before he even died. Jesus did not condition it. Well, let me see. Uh, I'm going to go and check upon your past. When I get to my kingdom, I'm going to open the books and we're going to see whether you really qualify. No. That's how it is with God's mercy and grace. Remember the three scriptures I told you? He said, I want you to understand. I want you to know. I want you to really grasp that I desire mercy rather than sacrifice. If he was going on that thief's background on his rap sheet, maybe he wouldn't have been able to make it. If he was looking at my rap sheet, no no way. No way. Maybe I haven't killed someone with a knife, but maybe I've killed someone in my heart. Maybe you have too. But God's mercy is so great that just in nine words, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus told him, gave him an assurance. An assurance. While he was still alive, even in his pain, today, think about that. He is the only person in the Bible that I can think of that was told before he died where he was going for sure. See, we are saved today by faith. And if we remain, if we endure to the end, then today will be our day too. But Jesus told that man, gifted him eternal life even before he died. The same applies to us. Paul said we are passed from death unto life. If we will hearken to his voice, if we will listen to the word, if we can cry out in our pain when we're on the cross, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 14 says, For we are made partakers. He suffered the crucifixion just like Christ. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast, steadfast, not wavering, despite that we're on our cross, 
despite what we're going through, if we are steadfast, if we have that promise of deliverance and of eternal life. He said, while it is said, verse 15, today, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't let the promise escape you. As in the provocation. You know what it's talking about? It's talking about those children of Israel. God gave Israel also an unconditional promise of deliverance. I will take you out of Egypt. I will take you all the way through the wilderness. I will take you to through where there's no water, there's no food, where there is enemies. I will do it. I will take you all the way to the promised land. And they did not believe. In fact, the Bible calls it a provocation. Because that was after they had seen Ten miracles. They had seen the Nile turn into blood. They had seen light over Goshen and darkness over the rest of Egypt. They had seen the plague of flies, the frogs, all of the the ten plagues. They had seen the firstborn delivered. And they still, still did not believe. God said, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. As in the provocation. For some, when they heard... See, that other thief saw and heard everything the one on the left or the right saw as well. But one's heart was hardened. One did not receive what he could have. He could have just as well have said, add add me to that list, Lord. That's all he would have had to say. Lord, add me to that list too. Add me to that list. The thief just said, remember me. And the other one mocked and said, "If if you're Christ, get us off this cross then. People say, well, what about this thief? He wasn't baptized. But you know what? He was the last person saved under the law. What did Jesus say? I came to fulfill the law. Amen. No, he was not baptized before he died. But he obtained grace and mercy because just like Abraham and the heroes of faith, he had this testimony. What's the testimony? Romans chapter 4 verse 3. This testimony. Turn to your neighbor and say this testimony. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. This thief on the cross. Whatever happened from the time he started being nailed and Jesus being nailed. Something happened to change his whole life. So that at the last instant when he was being put to death for what he deserved, he came to faith, called him Lord, pronounced and acknowledged his kingdom. Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Romans chapter 4 verse 6 it says, Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. He didn't have to bring a a, a turtle dove. He didn't have to bring a lamb. He didn't have to kill anything. God gave a sovereign answer of grace. And you know, he does that to us today. We may be on our cross, but he's on a cross beside us. All we have to do is say, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. If you could stand with me. Verse 8 says, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. It was just declared void. Declared finished. Declared null and void. Case dismissed. Guilty but blameless. That's what Jesus did for this man on the cross. Because 
he had faith. He had the righteousness of Abraham. He said, Lord, he acknowledged him as who he was. He had reverence for him. And he acknowledged his kingdom. He declared, in fact, who he was because he said, when thou comest into thy kingdom. He understood who Jesus was. And even in his pain and agony, as he was struggling to breathe, he got out nine words. That's as simple as it is. Salvation can come just by a few words. See, that story of the thief on the cross tells us, tells me a lot. It tells me so much. No matter what you're going through, you can still cry out. You can still maintain faith. You can still believe. You can still talk to God. To breathe was, was terrible. Crucifixion was asphyxiation. You had to push yourself up on the nails to breathe. And yet he did that to get out those few words of faith. So no matter what cross you're on, Jesus is still there with you. Jesus understood, like no other, the suffering he was going through. Nine words. Nine words of faith. Nine words of submission. Nine words of acknowledgement. And then in reply, verse 20, 43 of Luke 23, And Jesus said unto him, Verily, mean truly, I say unto thee, Today, Shalt thou be with me in paradise? Do you understand that he may, be, may have been one of the first to get back into the garden? Because until Jesus died, nobody else could get back into the garden. So it's obvious that in Jesus' promise to this thief, who may have lived a terrible life, God's sovereign grace and mercy was made plain. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Probably one of the first people back into the garden was a thief. Paul said that, you know, he let, gave this list of, of things people were. Some were thieves, robbers, adulterers, fornicators, murderers. But now you have been washed. You have been cleansed. Such were, past tense, some of you. The moment Jesus declared today, his sins were forgiven. Wasn't the first time Jesus forgave sins? And I'm almost finishing, I really am. They let this man down who had been lame. His friends were so determined to get to Jesus. And they put him in front of Jesus. And instead of Jesus healing him, the first thing he said is, Thy sins be forgiven. That's even more important than physical healing. Did you know that? Thy sins be forgiven. Before Jesus healed him, he said, Thy sins be forgiven. Before God does anything else for you today, maybe we could ask that our sins be forgiven. Because then after that, he can say, today you will be with me in paradise. This altar is open. I'm finished. I hope 
that you will meditate on this word. Nine words. That's all it took. Nine words. From the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In reply, he said, today. Today. Today, if you will not harden your heart while it is yet time. Maybe instead of asking God for things today, let's just ask for forgiveness. For forgiveness. Maybe in return he will say today. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word. That you are speaking to us today. Lord, that if we will acknowledge you, if we will repent, if we will come before your throne, that you will reply today that we can be saved. We can have a promise of entering in. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the garden of God. Hallelujah. Lord, we just ask that you fill this place right now with an anointing that will break every yoke. Lord God, that we will come to you in faith, believing and trusting in your word. Lord God, that everyone who can hear your words will call out, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom.